Does entrepreneurship seem overwhelming? Do you wonder what in the hell you're doing running your own business? You are not alone. Join us as we chat about the challenges, successes, and general hilarity that is the everyday life of an entrepreneur. We're the four consultants behind Coach Lab 360 and decided to get together for a no BS chat over coffee about all things entrepreneurship. We're real. We're not here to glamorize running your own business. We're here to share our highs and our lows, and we'll occasionally drop an F-bomb. We, Brian Roth, Lindsay Turner, Tess Herbert, and Teresa Lambert, each run our own consulting businesses and have had our share of funny stories along the way. Coach Lab 360 was born from a desire to offer support for small business owners across four disciplines, HR, operations, finance, and sales and marketing. Coffee chats are our opportunity to share our personal experiences as entrepreneurs and obstacles we've had to overcome. Please make sure you click the subscribe button on the app store because each week we will drop a new episode to share our stories on all things entrepreneurship. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Coach Lab. Last week, we ended saying that we were going to talk about customer service and customer experience. And I just feel like thanks to COVID and thanks to supply chain issues and everything that's going on, there's so many unhappy customers right now. I had an experience personally recently with a supply chain issue. I am in a Facebook group with a bunch of women entrepreneurs. Somebody was having an issue with one of their clients with supply chain issues. What do you do? Um, so from a customer perspective, I mean, this is what we do at local, which is um, the customer care side of our business. But I, you, you have to, it's not the customer's problem. It's not their fault. It's not their problem. Their issue is that they are having a baby in two weeks and their baby chair has not arrived. And it's stuck on a, actually, it's not even stuck on a boat. Get this. The company that manufactures it, I was all about, let's buy Canadian because, you know, like support, la, 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 la. So I spent a fortune on this baby chair, guaranteed it would be here in time for the baby. Uh, it's made in Montreal, lovely, great. Uh, oh, the company's taking a two-week summer holiday. Your chair's not even in production yet. I just about flipped my shit. No so, way. Yes. <laughs> Yes way. And it was 14, get this 14 to 16 weeks. So like I wasn't last minuting this shit, 14 to 16 weeks. Oh, but it always comes sooner. So don't worry. So I call, so this is a local kid's store that I bought it from. The company is in Montreal. That's making the chair. So I call at 12 weeks and I'm like, Hey, just want it, you know, cause I'm that person. I'm just wanting an update on like my chairs. Do you have a delivery date? La la la. Don't call me back. I must've done that four times with this store, which I'm not gonna name names, but if you went online, this store has a 2.7 out of five rating on Google and they're huge and well-known and everybody goes there cause they have such great selection and the worst service. Anyway, so it takes me until the 16 week mark to get someone on the phone. They've messaged the company, which if they'd done it 12 weeks, we probably could have recouped this situation. Anyway, the message the company, oh, the company's going on a two week vacation. Your chair is, uh, they won't even start until August the 2nd. Baby's here on August the 12th. Okay, that's not gonna work. And I spent $2,000. God, I hope my mother never listens to this cause she'll shit her pants, but <laughs> $2,000 on this chair, okay? So 
I call and I like, I find myself coaching customer service agents because it's what I do. I'm like, okay, but this isn't my problem as a customer. You understand that as the customer, what's important to me is that I have a chair to sit in with my baby when I come home. And it took countless, countless coaching sessions to get them to, why don't we give you a loaner chair? And then, oh, we never do this, but we'll discount your chair just a little, like 10% or something. But, and it was the same issue as the lady on the Facebook group with the supply chain problem, where she was like, I don't know, like it's a washer or a dryer. It was a house appliance and she didn't know what to do. It's like, I don't know what to do with my client. This person's shaming us all over social media. And it comes down to what, what do you want as a customer? You want to be heard. You want to know that someone is hearing that you're frustrated and that you haven't met their expectations. You want to hear an apology and then you want them to, to just fix it. Like I said to this person on the Facebook group, like, what is it? Is it a washing machine? Is it a stove? Like, what can you do? What is the pain point that's happening to the customer that you can fix? Is it a laundry service for two weeks until their washing machine gets here? Like, what is it? Sorry, that was a big rant, but you got all of it, all of the pregnancy stuff in one. <laughs> oh my gosh, Lindsay. That's so for, for all of their, the, the, that's the part that blows me away with people who they set a guarantee. You, you read oh, about yeah. how great they are because they have this guarantee. It'll be with you in this many days. It'll do all those things. And they've shattered every single one of those expectations of what they think their brand promise is. Well, and they don't, and so don't shattered it all. I don't even know if this company knows what their brand promise is. I actually went on LinkedIn, found the owner and was like, if you need some help with customer experience training, like, please let me know. Cause I'm not only a customer experience person, but I am a customer and this sucks. Like you need to fix this. You know, good but, for you, Lindsay, because it's over and over and yeah. over and over. And, you know, the whole thing with the business we started for COVID and the customer experience side of it was taking that out of the hands of people who just don't care. Like I always say customer service and customer experience isn't something you can teach. You either have empathy or you don't, you either want to help people or you don't. It's not, you know, when the person says this, you do this, that's not how it works. It, it can't be roboted. So, um, yeah, I just, anyway, this is a culture problem in this particular baby store, I think. Um, but the crux of it is just that, listen, apologize and do what you can to fix it. And that will in fact, turn your customer into your biggest advocate if you can do it properly. Totally. And that's something I used to, um, you know, when they were in-person lectures that I could give, um, I used to talk to people about if just what you did, like if, if you want better customer service, you should be a better customer for starters. Yeah. And so to be that like that's the whole thing because you're also we also we can as humans we can't make good decisions when we're highly emotionally charged and that can be either super super happy or super super sad like it doesn't matter at whatever spectrum you're at it's very difficult to make a decision anyway so when you're highly charged as in what do you mean i'm not going to get my chair you know you really need to focus on the okay let's get back to neutral and, and let's, and let's, let's talk about this. Okay. That's so how so easy to do, right? It's so easy to get someone back to neutral just by like, listen, I hear you. I get it. I'd be frustrated too. I apologize. Yeah, that is what they should be doing. Here's right? what I can do for you. You know, working at Chevron, 
uh not in the in the gas station but at head office uh and being the like second level for my customer service team was pretty good training you know like people call to complain about gas prices oh let me get you to my like i can't change the gas prices but i can listen yeah Teresa, you have something to say on this i know it (laughs) well you know i mean i think that customer experience is huge it's huge and i think that you know we're very much aligned that you've got to understand you know what is the client journey what's the experience they want to go through and you know i think that's also replicated with what's the experience of the employees what's the experience of the people that are there and and you know i think that a that is a very hard experience but it also comes back down to really showing that you know people either are not trained to actually handle an inquiry when it comes in, because when you first inquired about your chair, right? Like they didn't take the action that could have avoided the situation. And so- get a person. Yeah, and so this is the thing, right? And you know, what I will say, because we're amongst COVID, you know, I would be curious to know if this is new, this experience, or if it is, you know, something that has happened for a long time. And the reason why I'm bringing this up is because being up here, you know, in Whistler and the current situation post COVID and travel opening up, um, the staffing is so brutal. And so this may not be the case for this company, but up here, basically, you know, you have the choice, like, you know, only fill like in hotels, only for half of your hotel, block off entire, you know, floors um, to maintain the experience, right? But you're going to say no to revenue, revenue that you desperately need because the last 18 months has been tough on your finances or you choose to be open, but the customer experience goes down substantially. And even with reduced hours, reduced seating, reduced everything, the customer experience hasn't been what it was because there were simply not enough people up here because obviously a lot of internationals have left that used to come here. And so it's really interesting because it's kind of that like catch 22, but I think that's when, you know, I think hiring outside contractors, like what you do with Loki, right? Like this is a really good example, right? If you're not able to handle queries, why don't you even temporarily work with somebody who can help you handle customer inquiries so that instead of having people, you know, responding to inquiries, they can be on the floor supporting the customers in person now and you hire somebody to support you. Because I do think that, you know, there's so many companies out there that can support you in handling some of that, but you got to be willing to invest in that service, but clearly they're offering high-end products. So, so coming like putting this full circle, I think that you know companies don't spend enough time thinking about what a bad experience can do, or oh, what a good experience can do. Totally. And so you know it's easy to slap some brand promises on your website. It's easy to market yourself in this way where it's like it's all pretty and awesome, but then you know if you can't follow through reality is you're not going to build a long-term sustainable business right and so that's just the fascinating thing of it is i mean customer experience is only growing in importance i mean i think 
the vast majority of us here have worked in that realm and know how important it is and what a difference it can make in building your customers. I mean, look at you and I, Teresa, at Nita, right? Like how important was it to make everyone happy? So we had the number one trip advisor because look at how much business that brought us. That was exclusively because of the experience we provided. And I think, you know, even McDonald's, I just read a Forbes article the other day that McDonald's has merged four of their departments, data and all this other stuff into a customer experience. Like I've always said, marketing is the voice of the customer throughout the organization, but it's gone one step further now right? There is a customer experience department. That's what matters. At the end of the day, if you don't have customers, you don't have revenue. So you can get them all the different ways you want and you can spend money and collect data and all the rest of it. But if you're not making them happy, if that hourly employee in front of them is not making them happy, then they're, none of it matters. None of it matters. I would definitely argue that in light of the shortage of staff, right now that we're all experiencing because of COVID. I mean, if, if I had a hotel, I would open the mac the min maximum percentage that I could properly accommodate. Like customers aren't gonna understand. Think, just just like they right, don't cause... understand the supply issue problem. Customers don't understand that, oh, we don't have enough staff or, you know, even you go into a restaurant and you're like, but there's empty tables everywhere. Well, that's because they don't have a server. Do you know what? It's so fun. Yeah. Like I think Teresa, you hit it. Like, yeah, the, the hotels here in Whistler are only half full. So when they say that they're at hundred percent capacity right now, right. It's, it's still only 50% full, but that's the max that they can, that they've allowed that they've allocated to actually book rooms and yeah. yes. Okay. So I, I wonder if that point though, about where we're at in our global journey with COVID, just what customers are really coming out swinging because some people that's the thing like girlfriend of mine just a few doors down her 16 year old daughter is a hostess at a restaurant here in whistler and guest came up all can we have a table i see an empty one well there's people in front of you on the wait list it'll be 20 minutes we will have a table in 20 minutes and this yeah. gal kept coming back like literally every five minutes with like well i still see that's empty i still like why aren't you and so eventually just by virtue 10 minutes into the 20 minute waiting period just so happens that the gal stands back in front of the 16 year old and the owner was there just checking in on things. And this woman still is like, where is my table? And he just said, you know, well, yeah, it looks like we're right on. We're right on for 20 minutes to have your table ready. No problem. And this gal turned around and just said, I am not going to eat here now. I want nothing to do with this place. And I hope wherever I go, I never see her again and pointed at the 16 year old. Exactly. That and is the you just hardest think like, job. What, who deserved that? Yeah. I was a hostess at Earl's Tin Palace in North Van. I'm dating myself when I was 17 years old. And we had routinely like one and a half hour waits. It was, everyone wanted to go eat there. And that was the hardest job ever to try to help people understand. Oh, yeah, it's an hour and a half wait. What do you mean an hour and a half? Like, well, well, it's, an, I mean, what, what do you want me to do? I'm 17, but holy moly, did it prepare me for life and prepare me for what I do now, right? Like those were fundamental lessons. 
but yeah, you, you've got to remember as a customer too. And I think we all have a responsibility as a customer to try to understand what's going on in the world and not just put ourselves ahead of everything. But it's also totally fine as a restaurant manager to be like, look, this is as many staff as we can have. We can only service people properly in half the restaurant right now. So that's a close, you know, because you know in your head that people are seeing empty tables and thinking, well, why aren't I sitting at one? So just explain it to them. Most people, you know, like based you don't have to get into the saga of it there has to be a better way to explain that though I mean it's because I mean I know it and yet I've still had the same thought walking up and seeing a bunch of empty tables thinking all right this is gonna be great we're gonna get right in no problem and then them saying it's you know it's a wait thinking oh geez okay you know, what's, why is it going to be? Oh, I guess. Okay. I understand. But it, you know, the first thought that comes to mind isn't, it's just what they can manage. The first thought is, but that table's empty. I should totally right. be able to sit down. <laughs> and totally. so you can totally hit, you can head that off at the pass by just, you know, you're checking in for your reservation or for your, you're checking in to get on the list and just say, great, I've got you here. You know, we're operating at 50% capacity just from a staffing perspective to make sure we can deliver the experience that you're expecting. So it may take us a little more time if you see empty tables, that's why. Um, And we're delighted to have you dining with us this evening. Like, hello, I just turned into a hostess, but (laughs) that's what you do, right? Like customers, they're not stupid, but they also don't know everything that's going on behind the scenes. They can't interpret that for themselves. So tell them. Yeah. I mean, I think you can mitigate a lot of things, right? And if you can only run at 50% capacity, just remove half of your chairs and tables, and then you actually creating a better experience anyways. Um, That's just like hospitality one-on-one, I feel like. But you know, I think at the end of the day, you know, these frontline staff, they do handle a lot. And, you know, what I will say is that over my time in hospitality and hotels, I have not seen just the best in hum- of humanity, but also the worst. And, you know, I think that right now, what I see is that people really have forgotten that there was a pandemic. They've forgotten <laughs> what was going on. And everybody is just, you know, I think everybody feels stressed and stretched thin. And this has been going on for a long time. There's still a lot of uncertainty and people have reached their max. And what you see is just, you know, impatience from everyone. And then you have those young, you know, girls and boys who are working in jobs that a lot of people don't want to do and they're trying their best right and it's it's interesting because the reason that they're telling you that it's going to be 20 minutes is also so that experience is good right to your point Lindsay and so you know I think what I would say here too is as a customer I think we all have to reflect as well especially when it comes to things like restaurants you know can we be open to the idea that what they're telling us is the truth? Because I guarantee you that person wants to sit you at that goddamn table. She wants to have you out of her freaking face. She doesn't need you to be (laughs) in her telling her that she is the most horrible person because she's doing her freaking job. Like, I hate to see it, but she was doing her job compared to the person that you tried to inquire about and you didn't even get a response. They did not do that job, but this person's doing that job. So when we see people actually do that job and trying to give us the best experience, I think we need to learn to have some grace 
and give them some space and come back in 20 minutes. But when you inquire and you don't get a response, that is really happy. It's also that it's the shooting the messenger thing too, right? Like that little hostess can't do anything. She's not doing the hiring. She's not like as a customer, you have a responsibility to remember what, you know, again, like the lady that I finally got in touch with at this baby store, I wasn't yelling at her. Like it wasn't her fault, but I certainly escalated to somebody who could do something about it. And hello, we had a chat anyway. (laughs) (laughs) That is it for this week. Uh, Join us again next week and we will talk to you then. That's a wrap for another episode of coach lab coffee chat. Enjoyed this episode. Entrepreneurship can be lonely, so make sure to subscribe to Coach Lab Coffee Chat on your favorite podcast player or check us out at coachlab360.com.